Okay, Pasa, Mufasa, bom dia, bom giorno, salam aleikum and shalom. Welcome to the Micopreneur Podcast. How you doing today? Today, we've got a fascinating episode in store for you. I'm interviewing Robert of Healing Herbals and Entheogenic Emporium, which are a couple of online shops offering legal entheogens. Yes, there is a booming market for legal entheogenic substances. I'm talking about kana, talk about kava, talk about blue lotus extract, maybe a little wild lettuce. The legal entheogen market echoes the research chemical market in some ways, which we're going to get into right now. At the end of the day, a lot of us are looking for a little extra boost, a little pharmacological change, and many of us are hoping to do that in a legal and safe capacity. And that's what Healing Herbals and Entheogenic Emporium are offering to people. Kana in particular has really risen in profile. We'll call it a meteoric rise over the last few years. And I've been seeing it make its way into products that are all over the place. So we're going to get to the bottom of what it is, when it entered the scene, and some of the dosage recommendations right now. And you can check out the full range of product offerings yourself at healingherbals.store and entheogenicemporium.com. Check them out right now. Thank you all for writing with me. I have just come out of the jungle and am a little bit turned around, getting back up to the pace of modern machinery and technological progress. Y'all know how it goes. Please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. Can't emphasize that enough. Huge, huge assistance to the continued growth of the Mycopreneur podcast. Let's get down to business. Okay, Pasa Mufasa, what's up, everybody? We've got Rob from Healing Herbals in the house, and we're going to talk about canna-infused products today and a bunch of other stuff. So what's up, Rob? Welcome to the Mycopreneur Podcast. What's going on, bro? Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it greatly. First, I'm going I'm to try out some of this canna that you've sent me. I've already tried it in a social right. setting in Miami, and I quite enjoyed it. So oh, having awesome. the latitude to do such things here on the podcast, I feel uh, like I should give it a go. So I will join you, good sir. Cheers, brother. So man. that was, yeah, yeah. So there we go. That was just one hit from the nasal uh, infusal here. That was just one hit. So that's what you had recommended. So let's start off talking about dosage. If someone's new to canna, like myself, I like to start low and go slow and always advise the same for people. What is a nice introductory dose where somebody's going to feel it, but it's not going to be too overwhelming? And what can we expect from this experience? So kana is typically taken, um, you know, people can brew teas and stuff of it, but the most common form is the extract. So we infuse it into that nasal spray, makes it very easy. The dosage on there is 10 to uh, 30 milligrams per spray, which is a perfect dose for someone getting started into it. A lot of people do prefer intranasal use of it because it's a little bit more of a euphoric experience than say you do it orally it could be a little more like of a caffeine yeah that 10 to 30 milligrams is perfect for intranasal i apologize i got my cats playing in the background right now if you hear their ball going but yeah 10 to 13 30 milligrams intranasally a uh, half uh, 0.05 to a 0.1 orally uh, is kind of the dose that we like it at awesome yeah i find it to be quite social and as I mentioned, I tried it in Miami and it you know, worked really well, but I did it right before I recorded a podcast. And I think I actually hit a few nasal folds and then I was oh, seizing during the podcast. So, so far, so good. So we'll see what happens. Good, I've also good. got my dog, Rupert, here. So we've got the, the animals, the pets right. are in the house. They're chilling. hanging. The vibes are immaculate. So, you know, Rob, if you had told me six months ago that you were sending me canna products, I would have assumed you were using shorthand for cannabis. I had never heard of 
kind of as many people haven't, but it's really made headway onto the scene recently. And I've been seeing different brands and different kind of products pop up. How long has kind of been on your radar and when did you start offering it with healing herbals? So I'd say about like uh, four to six years, maybe seven years ago, I just started going deep on all the herbal supplements with effects, you know, and trying them all out pine pollen, maca, ginseng, you know, and kana was one of the ones for me that had the most effective and unique properties than any I've dealt with. Probably about like, like I said, five, seven years ago. And then about like three to three years ago, I had a buddy of mine. He's like, I want to try it. I want to try it. Let me, you know, and I'm like, all right. He's like, make a tincture, make this. And I did make stuff for my, you know, personal consumption that way. And he kind of convinced me to start just making product. He started hosting events inviting me out and then it just started taking off from there all my friends came in supporting it and we've been just promoting it so since then so yeah it's it's really a unique one it's not too well known but you know we have entheogenic emporium as well as our sister company where we have just all the diverse unique entheogen plants um that are some not very well known such as kana yeah and that's a rather exciting arena overall because there's so many different types of entheogens or alkaloid containing plants as you referenced and a lot of them are still relatively unknown to the broader public, right? There's always going to be a little niche demographic of psychonauts who want to try everything. And it's pretty interesting that a lot of these are not scheduled, right? Like you think of the classic entheogens like, like ayahuasca and iboga, peyote, mushrooms, et cetera, et cetera. Most of those are scheduled substances under the Controlled Substances Act, right? But a lot of these other very powerful and potent entheogens, essentially, or, you know, one could just call them like a, a nice herbal supplement, right? Those somehow have managed to evade the Controlled Substances Act, which makes them legal for buying and selling online. And there's a robust trade, right? And you're probably not going to find them in too many smoke shops yet, but like an increasingly, increasingly often you're going to be able to find these things. So what are some of the other entheogens or alkaloid containing plants that aren't scheduled, which you are legally able to purvey with uh, your, your entheogenic emporium shop. I'm glad we kind of discussed this because this is a fascinating subject to me because some of them are really not too well known and have very unique properties. Um, some we are dabbling with a little bit is sun opener. Um, it is this uh, flower and it's uh, has unique properties where a lot of the reports online say it's like, auditory hallucinations, right? That's kind of the main depiction of it. But once you try it and really explore it, you see that it's a very unique plant. It like brightens your, your vision. It like puts you in a bright uh, mood. And um, it does have like auditory hallucinations. I thought it was gonna be like people are hearing noises, but it's more like echoing and almost like the first time you smoke cannabis and music sounds heightened and you hear everything more like uh, pronounced. So the sun opener is a very unique one in that property. We work with uh, African dream bean, which is another very relaxing supplement that um, invokes uh, your dreams. So you are more likely to have dreams and recall your dreams in the morning. So that's just some of the examples of the many that we have on the Emporium, the Theogenic Emporium site. But, you know, every day trying to explore new herbs that come on my radar and uh, try them out. So what was your experience, would you say, what you had with Kana? I'm quite curious to say, would you say it was mood boosting? Kana is a very unique one, too works in different parts of the brain. So people have different reactions. Some are stimulated, some are relaxed. What would you say your experience is on it? Yeah, when I had a fairly responsible amount as advised uh, on the packaging, it was lovely. It was quite sociable. You know, I'm already an extroverted person and I was out and about doing interviews and I was able to 
very effectively complete those while still enjoying myself. So I was impressed when I did, you know, three or four nostril fulls, which I would advise anyone new to it, probably go very slow, but uh, it, it was very impactful. It was very noticeable. And, you know, in no sense was it overbearing, but I oh, would good. not advise doing a, a large yeah. macro dose of something before you have something else on your agenda. You know, that was a day when I had not a lot going on. And this often happens when I have products on the shelf and I go, I really want to do a full send. Like I want to feel that. So I'm still new to Kana, but I'm pleased to report that in my limited experiences with it, that it's been something that is quite mellow, quite enjoyable, and it could be combined with a night out, right? It doesn't feel like, yeah, I think in fact, that may be part of what it's intended for is that, you know, there's a, a sociability aspect to it. I get a lot of uh, nootropic type of energy from it too. Like I could use it in uh, my morning drink as like a little bit of caffeine with a little bit of a mood boost. Um, it helps me that way a lot too. Um, but it's interesting because you had our MT55. So there are different types of Kana extracts because Kana has different active alkaloids in it. Um, Meserbrine, mesobromine, and stuff like that. And all these different alkaloids have slightly different properties. So some of them are a little bit more of that like 5-HTP receptor. Some are a little bit more like that molly. And some are a little bit more of like a drunken-y type of feeling. So the one you had, the MT55, is like the standard one. It's a little bit of like overall pick-me-up, focus, and mood boost and stuff like that. Um, I joined you actually today. I tried some VU3, which is a different form of extract that works a little bit more like mellow, relaxing, and could some people say that it kind of feels like they had a drink or so. Sometimes it gives you in a high enough dose like a drunk eyes type of feeling. It's a very unique plant. Like I said, most of these supplements are very light in effect, but Kana is one that is can be profound in effect at the right dose. So I like to tiptoe into things and you know, bioassay is one word where you test a product on yourself and you take notes yep. and over a handful of experiences, then I'll usually figure out like how well this is going to fit into my long-term game plan. As an example of that, I was very slow to warm up to Amanita muscaria and oh, I had a yeah. number of Amanita products that people had given me and I just had been very slow to want to actually kind of try them and maybe I tiptoed in and I, you know, took a small amount. But in the last couple of weeks, I've really started to embrace it and really started to use it. And uh, another example of that, is, which also is something available on your online store, uh, are the Blue Lotus extracts, oh, yeah. which I'm very curious about, but I've yet to actually have a, yeah. any kind of meaningful experience. I think I've probably yeah. hit a vape here or there and like, you know, titrated it a little bit. We're yeah. like, okay, I can kind of feel this, but um, I have a whole bunch of it currently that I'm, you know, sort oh, of waiting for the right moment to dip into. So can you, that's, I believe one of the offerings that you have on the store. Can you speak a little bit about Blue Lotus extract? Exactly. So Blue Lotus is really nice too. That one's kind of reminds me of like indica cannabis. It's just a relaxing, mellow bedtime, chilling you out. People in high doses have kind of like a psychoactive effect too. Like you could feel like, you know, that feeling of you having THC or something and you're thinking deeper and, you know, more, or you're even psychedelics for that matter. Um, it can dabble into that, but it's nothing going to be like extreme. It's mostly going to chill you out, just add an extra level to things. And, um, yeah, it can make you think a little deeper as well too. So it's a great one that's getting really popular that I figured, um, the community would be most interested in and knows very well. Obviously, some of the other ones are kava and kratom. They're like legal plants that you feel stuff off of. But I feel blue lotus might be like the next in line after that. And I feel like kava and kratom are so like, I do enjoy them here and there. But they're 
those ones are known. Everyone's, you know, doing it and infusing. And you go to any smoke shop or, co you know, cava bar or gas station, you're going to find those items, you know, whereas the Blue Lotus is more unique. And I kind of like to cultivate to something like that, you know, so. Um, but, yeah, we do it in the vapes, the gummies, uh, loose leaf tea and stuff like that. It's very nice. We're working with the manufacturer now to start producing drinks. So Blue Lotus drinks and Blue Lotus Kana. Uh, so I mean, it'll be really nice. So that'll be a nicer way to just chill with some friends and have a drink and, you know, not have to do whatever gummy and stuff. So, but yeah. What yeah. is your dose regimen for these things? Like if you're, you've got this, uh, let's see, how many milligrams is in here? A thousand milligrams here of the canna extract that I have in this nasal infusion spray. What kind of dose are you dealing with? We talked a little bit about like how much you might do, like 10 to 30 milligrams. But yeah. like, is this something that that oh, people are advised to do on a daily basis, a yes. weekly, or, you know, what's best practices there? So that's another reason why I like Kana is it's not something that really has, the only risk with Kana is mixing it with SSRIs. So if you're on like antidepressants or something, you don't want to mix it together because it's already working on serotonin, it could create complications. But as far as that, there really is no like, people don't report withdrawals, they don't report like addiction, you know, that it's something you could take as needed, you know, so... I throw the day might, you know, some days I go a few days without it. Some days I might take it like two to four times a day, you know, it depends what type of day I'm having, you know, how productive I want to be. Or, you know, last year I went to Izu and I took a large dose of it, you know, and, you know, you feel fine, you know, afterwards you're, and uh, yeah, it's something you could take as much as needed, you know, it would be really the answer to that. Um, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to be different, obviously. And again, you know, I'm, I'm a, a start low, go slow kind of guy when it comes to adding a, a new supplement or a new herbal remedy, if you will. And uh, so the next next in line is going to be these gummies. So let's talk a little bit about the gummies, right? You've got, uh, first off, you've got canna as nasal spray, as gummies, and as a vape. And those are different extracts, which you just touched on briefly. But what are, you know, some of the maybe differences between if you were going to take the nasal spray or have a gummy with canna? Oh, so... The gummy is going to be good, but it, like I said, oral kana for me, it can be enjoyable, um, but it provides more of that like caffeinated mood boost, you know, so the gummy's perfect for work, you know, when you need nootropic energy, you know, the nasal spray might be like, I'm hanging out with some friends, you know, like if you have the double strength, if you have the regular, you could still use it as in like, a, you know, so um, nootropic uh, energy and, you know, getting your day going, but um yeah, as far as, uh, like I said, the, the nasal goes, I would say that the double strength would definitely be like a little more party energy. The gummy's a little bit more day to day, getting some energy throughout, you know, whatever. Just some pick me up during your work hours and stuff like that. Yeah, so what got you into being a purveyor of alkaloid containing plants? And, and you know, a canna comes all the way from South Africa. You just mentioned the blue lotus, right, which I believe is endemic over in uh, Egypt or maybe even yeah, India yeah. or Eurasia, depending on where you are. But uh, all of a sudden now in the United States and Europe, et cetera, like all of these compounds and molecules are pretty ubiquitously available. So what drew you into wanting to establish the Entheogenic Emporium? I really have, from a early, young age, been just obsessed with these plants and just, you know, nonstop researching it and all that. And um, I guess I figured the, the way I looked at it is um, I'm going to use these. You know, I love these plants. I started not using caffeine, not drinking alcohol because I found different substances that worked way better with no side effects. I could drive after, you know, like it's just 
say less, you know. The only thing alcohol has on me is alcohol is everywhere. Blue Lotus isn't everywhere yet, unfortunately. But, you know, having that intrigue from that into the world of, like, natural health and all this just uh, culminated into um, me just crafting all these different herbal supplements. And I feel like the niche I was trying to hit with our brand is that, sure, all these herbal supplements exist. You know, I have to brew teas and all different methodologies, but I wanted with Healing Herbals do something where I'm taking these herbs and infusing it and making it into a product that is easy to consume. Because most of the market is, you know, you get Blue Lotus tea or Blue Lotus loose leaf and you have to smoke a pre-roll or make a tea out of it. You know, I just want like a gummy you could pop, a shot you could take, you know, a drink, you know, these type of things. You know, there are some people doing this, but it's not as you know popular as it should be. And um, especially with herbs like Kana where no one is making products like this. Um, I felt like it was a, a niche and a novelty that not only I wanted, but I wanted to present to friends and other people like that. Totally. And right now, of course, there's this term that I don't really like, but it describes an emerging market, if you will, or a, a subsection of society, which is Cali sober, right? Or there's different variations of this. Yeah. Like people yeah. who want to party and they, they don't really want to drink a lot of alcohol. And now we're starting to see this with caffeine too. Like there's quite a few different mushroom coffees that have come out and their pitch essentially is to cut down on your caffeine intake because for a lot of people, you become addicted to caffeine, right? And uh, you end up drinking seven coffees and it's just generally not very good for you, but it's normalized. So you just touched on two very large potential market segments, which is like caffeine in the morning and people looking for an instant pick-me-up that they can still function optimally with, and then alcohol to wind down. And I know there are quite a few companies, uh, New Brew comes to mind, uh, Ka comes to mind, yeah. you know, of course, what you're doing, that are essentially trying to disrupt this model and trying to present people with other options where you could go yeah, out, you like, can feel really good, you're really sociable. So can you talk a little bit about how you would employ these different herbs be it in the morning as a pick me up and maybe swapping out for coffee. And then, you know, on the other end of that, on the tail end, how you would replace alcohol if it were up to you and, and your approach to, to partying and to having alert energy, optimal energy. So honestly, I would love to soon, you know, it's a transition period with healing herbals right now. We're just introducing two herbs, but over time would love to start introducing all different herbs and mixtures. And that would even, better perfect what you're saying like a pick-me-up or an all alcohol alternative but for right now we have different extract styles which i said have different alkaloids so you might off the vu3 kind of kind of feel like you had a drink and be more chill you know so that could be a replacement there and then the blue lotus as well you could feel like you had a drink and you're unwinding you know and i feel like kana is very good with that too i've talked to multiple people it is almost like a social opener you know, so a lot of people do use Kana for social um, events and social experiences, and it helps them open up and unwind a little bit better. Um, but all in all, this goes into the Theogenic Emporium. There are some other herbs that like are really unique. Like I said, the African Dream Bean is one that comes to mind. And something else that's really cool, too, is that um, one, I like wild lettuce. It's another one that relaxes you. It could be used for alcohol substitution. Um, actually grows locally to like a lot of different areas. Um, it's a very popular herb that grows by us, and if I see it in an environment that looks healthy enough, I'll rip a leaf off and lick a little bit of the sap that comes out of it, and I have very positive, pleasant experiences from that. So, um, you know, hopefully as time goes on with education, teaching people about these things that are in our environment, 
you know, as well as um, education and teaching people to, you know, produce and want different things other than alcohol and caffeine. Um, I just look at it as like, you have this one item, caffeine, and you take it every day, like you said, you become addicted to it, and then you can't wake up without it, or you have caffeine headaches, and then if people just swap their supplements, you know, they have a little caffeine this day, and then the next day they have ginseng, day after that they have maca, day after that they have kana. It'll be a different environment where people are, you know, craving or relying on a certain thing, and I feel like they might be in a healthier state of mind as well. Absolutely. So as far as any potential drawbacks, it sounds like they're, you know, I'm a firm believer, as many people are, in the power of herbal supplements and in the power of tapping into these things. But are there any contraindications that we should be aware of? Or if you were, let's say, rolling these products out to a, a college freshman class and you were pitching them as, hey, maybe this is better than uh, in a way for, you know, some of the, yeah. the uh, abuses that people put themselves through when they're partying. Uh, what, what are some potential drawbacks or contraindications that people should be aware of? Yeah. So uh, I'd say at first in the beginning, and I still stand to it, is we have uh, labels on all of our products about not mixing with, that's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, not mixing with SSRIs because that can be a direct um, interaction, you know, uh, serotonin syndrome and stuff like that, you know, so, um, and there is like questionable talk about mixing with uh, MDMA and stuff because of, you know, the interactions with serotonin as well. So aside from serotonin with Kana, most of these herbs, there are not too many known interactions with, which is good, but you know, it's still early on, you know, people do have to do research and see what, like, Something, one thing actually I'm thinking of could be interaction basis, like morning glory seeds, <clears throat> wine baby woodrose, you know, is a LSA precursor. Um, and that is a vasio constrictor. So um, people who probably have like, you know, artery or blood thinning issues might want to avoid that. Um, as well as kava, I do really much enjoy it, but it does work on your kidney and liver a little bit. Um, excuse me, your, your liver a little bit. And, um, you know, people with liver issues should, should avoid that as well. And then, um, you know, not too much other than that that I can think of. Obviously, Kratom is habit-forming and stuff like that. Um, but I'm sure research will unveil a lot more as time goes. People should be careful with interactions. I would say that's probably the biggest worry, you know, if you're prescribed on medication, talk to a doctor, you know, stuff like that. Totally. Now let's get a little sciency here to the best of yeah. your ability, which is certainly going to probably be above what I'm currently aware of. But what are some of the, the mechanism of action? What's the mechanism? What's the mechanism of action in the sense that like what is Canna? We'll start with Canna doing to your brain in a sense. You mentioned uh, <laughs> serotonin, right? It may be uh, impacting your serotonergic system in a sense. And yeah. would love it if you, you know, any information you can provide about what's going on in your brain and in your body when you consume Canna. So Canna is a, honestly a complex one because not only, like I said, working with the 5-HTP, Canna honestly works on multiple different receptors. It's been talked about working on dopamine receptors, cannabinoid receptors. It works as an SRI. So it works on different parts of the brain. There are, like I said, a lot of different alkaloids. And I think all these alkaloids play different keys in why that happens. I can't wait to see more research being covered with these different alkaloids and start seeing vendors have certain extract types like this is pure mesobromine some of this does exist but these molecules are very potent um so it's not very viable to play around with at the moment um you know like you only need 10 to 30 milligrams as an active dose you know 
all these different parts of the brain, different ways you're doing extracts have different um, effects on you. Um, and one thing I want to bring up, and I'm happy in transitioning into this now, is that for some reason there's like, in the industry, there's like loose leaf kana from back in the day, like five years ago. They used to have like really fire kana that would like, used to be able to take a little bit of the loose leaf and chew a little bit of the leaf, how it's traditionally done in like um, tribes in Africa. And doing it this method would be one of the more unique ways to take kana for me back in the day. Um, and a lot of people say the vendors have changed and a lot of the suppliers don't have this like really high alkaloid loose leaf anymore. Um, so me and the team are trying to bring cultivation back with having these high mesobremine uh, plants and chewing it because it would provide like a hypnotic. Um, it was unlike any feeling or experience I've ever had before chewing the leaf. Um, you would chew the leaf and you'd kind of feel like, I'm sure you puff cannabis or have puffed or whatever you dab ever or not too much with dabbing. I'm just going to reference the feeling of an experience with the dabbing to this, uh, loose leaf, but I've dabbed, but, uh, yeah. that's a full send for me. I, uh, I'm a big stoner, but, uh, even okay. dabbing is a bit much for me, but sure. Gotcha. So, all right, I'll give an example of smoking a bong or, a, you know, say you take a fat rip of a bong and you take the hit and you feel that head swirling feeling for a minute, like the teach she's coming on, you know, the condo will provide that similar feeling that like head swirl. And I think that it had, could have medicinal properties in the sense of like therapeutically, um, because with like a therapist or something, I feel it's almost like hypnotic. Like, I feel like you kind of just swirl into your own mind and it's like psychedelic of a feeling and chewing the loose leaf of like really high and strong strength, um, extra, uh, excuse me, leaves can provide such a unique feeling that, like I said, it, I find it could be used in a therapeutic session to go deeper into your, your mind and have a conversation you normally wouldn't be able to have. So I know I transitioned from the yes. pharmacologicalness of it to this, but it just made me think that, you know, so. Pharmacology is certainly not my strong suit. I'm just curious yeah. in the sense that I would like to be able to understand a little bit of what's happening, but you know, these are, these are, these are ongoing yeah. uh, trials right now. Like there's research that's yeah. being conducted. There's a publicly traded company or at least he's, there's a portfolio company for one of the venture funds I'm familiar with that's doing Canna. And I think in particular, they're marketing it as a aphrodisiac or as a male sexual performance enhancer. Have you ever heard or experienced yeah. anything along these lines? Because obviously that's oh. a pretty appealing uh, attribute right there. So getting into the Kana space was kind of difficult because it's like, what is Kana? Not many people know of it too much. So we work a lot on the forums, like such as Reddit and stuff like that. And we're very involved on there. And I was shocked to see how much that question and um, topic is brought up in there. It's I didn't realize how much of an experience that people have with that. Um, but yeah, it definitely is the case. Um, definitely does work and uh, can be an efficient way to uh, get it going in the bedroom for sure. <laughs> well, that's um, always going to be yeah. in demand for sure. Yeah. 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 Capitalize on that too. I mean, you know, it's not opposed to that angle. I think there might be, maybe as you dabble with it, certain extracts that work better for that. And then as we find ones that work best for that, maybe start coming to market with something like that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that uh, recommendation and uh, putting me onto that. Because it's true, you know, people are looking for that, especially seeing on Reddit and all these communities so much. So, you know, so. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about the business side. So obviously we're doing the podcast. That's a form of outreach and to be able to connect with an sure. audience that I what are some of the initiatives that you've undertaken to try to 
broaden the umbrella of people who are aware of what Canna and, and, and the rest of the supplements you're working with are? Yeah, so we started off with just like a friend who started events and his events and we started growing and just the local community telling people, having people try it. I would, you know, give people like nasal and we'd alcohol wipe it and then like the next person would come and people would come back and be like, that was incredible. I want that, you know, because it was like, the nasal was such an experience that like you felt it, you know, it wasn't like if you're sitting there able to like feel your own feelings, like you're noticing it, you know? So having people just trying it and going from there was one of the first introductions to getting people to know about it. And then we started moving to like online work and just really getting involved with the community, the forums and just touching base with people that are already into it, you know, and just like showing them that like we have high quality stuff we infuse into all these different products. We are big with our biodegradable and eco-friendly practices. Like, you know, we're just doing what they're doing, but just trying to do like unique products, you know, that's all. And, um, so that's been the next thing, but we're finally transitioning to like trying to get into stores, which is something we're having a little more of a challenge with because people are not familiar with it and they're a little nervous to take something on going like that. But I've actually been telling just a store recently that I work with, that I'm going to just pay them to put um, con on display because I feel that if someone sees it, they see your box, they see all our labeling and they just see the description of what this plant does and offers that someone's going to buy this. It's, it's a matter of just not knowing what the product is, you know? So yeah, it's definitely an ongoing thing, but um, with the Reddit community and the online community and forums, we've definitely been building to something that we feel is uh, sufficient and uh, sustainable. Thankfully, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can start transitioning to getting some of these kava bars online because they're the next frontier. I'm sure you're familiar. I've seen some of these kava bars. Have you, have you been to, the, to one before? Or Yeah, I've been. Well, uh, in San Diego, there is a place called Kava Bar and they have a lot of live oh. music they do. So and then I, if you're yeah. I'm, uh, imagining uh, Kava or Kana, what are you saying? Uh, kava, Kava bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I actually yeah. drank it That's in good. Fiji yeah. and that was a that, really uh, cool way to do it because uh, you know, it's very yeah. traditionally used, and I, I spent my 25th birthday in Fiji, nice. and that was sort of like a, a welcome ceremony that they oh, did for everybody at the cool. hotel. So I have very fond memories <laughs> of it. But yeah, like your mouth nice. goes numb. That's like the main thing I remember, and you can drink a whole bunch of it. It's not particularly appetizing, <laughs> but it's more of a kind of ceremonial bonding aspect. Yeah. Like you all drink it together, and then it's a very memorable experience. See, I love kava, but it's a little weak for me, that plant particular, unless I'm combining it with something or whatever. You know, it, it by itself, it could be a weak, but combined with another herb, cannabis or kratom, make it work efficiently for me personally. But um, yeah, so the point is hopefully soon, once these cans are made um, by our company, we could then go into these kava bars a little bit more ease, you know, lotus something they know. And then start introducing them to Kaba and stuff like that. So that's kind of the game plan at the moment where we're at it going right now. So, but right yeah. And what are some of the social environments that you like to consume Canna in? Do you go to music festivals, concerts? Like what's your sort of set and setting ideally when you're ingesting Canna? So for me, like, you know, I could just be doing my work and just, you know, I'll take a spray, you know. Um, or I'll put a spray into, um, a drink or two sprays and that's just getting me like a little bit like uplifted, I'm focused, I'm like more feeling empathetic, you know, like uh, empathetic, um, you know, I'm a little bit more aware stuff like that. And then I say, you know, wherever in September I went to, um, Izu, you know, and then at that event, I 
had um, double strength, you know, nasal spray, and I was taking a couple sprays of it, you know, and spraying a couple sprays into a drink. So, you know, if you use it in, you know, eight to ten sprays or, you know, like a quarter gram of extract or more, like you could definitely, like, my pupils were dilated, you know, like you're definitely out there. It's almost like could be MDMA-like, you know, to a degree for sure. Um, but like I said, it's not the exact same, but you could definitely feel that just like overwhelming love and just energy and stuff like that, that you would come to be familiar with that MDMA or something like that, you know? So, but yeah, very interesting, very interesting stuff. Uh, you gotta let me know how it goes when you have like a high strength dose of it. Um, something I would recommend too is like two sprays in a drink and then an hour later, um, do like a nasal spray or two and you'll come to like a very strong effect that'll last a while that way. Okay, well, I'll definitely let you know when I set about that because uh, I've got the <laughs> wares at my disposal, so there's no yeah. reason not to. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other mar herbs that you're excited about that are coming down the pipeline? So one I've seen recently, more of a fungus, obviously, is Amanita muscaria. Like, um, I want to say a couple of years ago, I didn't know anyone who was taking Amanita, and now yeah. it's all over the place. Ooh, right? uh, part of that is because of the demand for psychoactive mushrooms and people are interested in magic mushrooms and it's kind of interesting that amanita sometimes gets packaged as magic mushrooms i see yeah. these boosted ads on instagram that are advertising magic mushrooms and it's an amanita chocolate which you wouldn't typically think of that right you would think a magic mushroom is going to be a psilocybin mushroom chocolate but again it's one of those sort of loophole situations where Amanita products are legal and there's a demand for them. So now a bunch of smoke shops are starting to carry Amanita gummies and tinctures and chocolates and Amanita vapes. So that's one example of like how quickly something that was relatively unknown started to enter the market and is all over the place. Canna, we're yeah. starting to see that. What are some other ones that you're excited about? I think you touched on one or two yeah. already. So I'll go into another one and then I want to touch back on the Amanita subject because I have like a funny story about that or an interesting story. But so... Uh, one that we really love um, is California poppy. Um, it doesn't work on the opioid receptors, which I like because you obviously don't have to worry about addiction or habitual use. Um, but it does relax you and feel kind of like it's hard to kind of differentiate some of these herbs sometimes because they all do have like just like an unwinding, relaxing, you know, lateral feeling. You know, I like to get cannabis. I always end up comparing a lot of them to, you know, I would say that maybe kava could feel like. All in all, it just provides wellness and a good feeling, you know, for your bioassay. Um, so the California poppy is one that I really like, and I would love to try to infuse it, incorporate it into different products and stuff. But I think as the pipeline comes down, I'm going to have to do like one very popular one and very one very unknown one and maybe try to like with one send the other, you know, obviously Cobb is very popular. I do enjoy that and I would like to infuse products with that. Um, and then, like I said, the California poppy and even wild lettuce, uh, is like I said, it's a locally grown herb, you know, it's a really cool niche one that not many people know, but, um, definitely has you chilling out kind of like you had a, a few drinks and you're relaxed, you know, but you're not impaired. You can still drive. Um, but before I forget, I want to go into the Amanita story, our experience. I don't even know. So we deal with like Amanita extract and, uh, we take, you know, I've taken it here and there and. I'm trying to get higher and higher in dose to see what the experience is really like, you know. So I've had a few times it was like light. I felt like a little mood boost, a little uplift. And then I had one time where I took like, I think it was like five grams of extract. And then I like 
felt kind of like in my body a little trippy, you know, like I felt like I was on a roller coaster in my body, but my mind was kind of normal. I was like, this is cool, you know? And then <laughs> recently, um, so we also like, I think I previously mentioned for Entheogenic Emporium, our other company, we do like a set of YouTube videos where we try to uh, each week re review different herbs that we're doing. So wild lettuce review, California poppy review, blue lotus, you know, different herbs and uh, whatever. But we have so many of them that we can provide content for a while. But regardless, leading into this Amanita story with that. So I went to do a review with the Amanita muscaria extract I had. I'm like, I'm going to do the most I ever did. You know, and then end up being like a light experience, you know, like how it was the last time, just a little something. I was like, all right. But when I was in California for a buddy's wedding a month ago or whatever it was, there was a mushroom dispensary there. And I was like, like, I, I went to check it out. I'm naturally curious. It was like Venice Boardwalk went in and checked it out. And, you know, they have all like gummies and shots and chocolates so i'm thinking it's probably like you know was it the five aco dmt you know like that legal one that converts to psilocybin when you ingest it right uh, you're familiar with that yeah I know it exists. <laughs> so i'm thinking it's probably like that stuff whatever but i'm like all right like because i'm asking her how this is even allowed like i, I don't you know you know, but curious, you know, and she's like, oh, it's legal. Like and the owners know I'm not too aware of it. I'm like, all right, like, you know, but then I see they have like Amanita products and I'm like, you know what? I'll give a sh like, I'll check out some of their Amanita companies. And I saw one company, it was like the higher end one. It like, you know, vegan ingredients and, you know, quality ingredients. I'm like, all right, like they're not food coloring and all this. It looks like a good quality company. I'm like, I'll try it out. So after I did that review with the five grams of extract, whatever it was, I was like, man, I really want to feel Amanita. Like, I want to know what this this plant is like, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to take these gummies. And it says like one for life experience, two for this, four or five for transcendent experience. I'm like, you know, like I'm normally not that type because like I'm very like conscientious with my psychedelics. I know my dosage. I work my way up. But with this, I was like, you know, I keep taking the Amanita extract. I took this, I took equal amount of extract. So I took this. Then afterwards, I started doing all this research. I feel like they're, it's like research chemicals or something they're adding to this because there's no way that I felt this off Amanita, but it was one of the more profound trips of my experience. And it was one of the more unique ones. I felt like it was like salvia, DMT, mushrooms, all in one, plus uh, almost a delirium. Like I'm tripping, you know, I'm aware I'm seeing something. I know that's this on the Amanita, I was like sitting there and it looked like my table was tilting and my food was about to slide off and I almost like went and catch it. And I'm like, wait, like, you know, I never get confused when I'm tripping. Like, this is something completely different, you know? So uh, I don't know if they're like, you know, I heard Hamilton, um, excuse me, Hamilton Morris mentioned something like in a recent podcast or something. He was saying that he took, um, it was a uh, analog of muscamol. And he said he was tripping profoundly. So maybe it was something like that. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't think it was pure Amanita because, like I said, I take the extract all the time. Maybe it's the way they process it. Maybe it had the ibotanic acid in it. I don't know. But that was one hell of a journey. <laughs> yeah, it's remarkable how so many of these products are sold openly now. Like if you go to gas stations and the Emerald Triangle, <laughs> right, or oh. online too. Like it's fascinating to just see – of course, the demand is there, but when you package something as a magic mushroom, if that's all you say and people are unfamiliar yeah. or right, just looking to, to tap into this, then you don't actually know what you're getting. So I think that's where 
testing, analytical testing is going to come into play. And hopefully at some yeah. point in the near future, we have mobile testing kits that are more readily available. Yeah. And it's also fascinating to see the, le the loopholes that people will Please. essentially exploit, right? <laughs> like the same with cannabis, like you have your Delta eights and your Delta nines and your this, that, yeah. and the other. And now it's like a ping pong game essentially between the DEA and between manufacturers who are like, okay, well, you're going to criminalize this or schedule this. Well, then we're going to create something that's one molecule off or what have you. And I, I'm fascinated in general with the whole drug war right now, because like, for example, methamphetamine and a lot of what you would prescribe children are not that different chemically, right? From their, yeah. from a chemical structure standpoint, it's kind of the same with what we're talking about with the research chemicals versus actual psilocybin. Like, is it yeah. for ACO DMT or is it psilocybin? I think most people could probably tell, especially if you have dried mushrooms in your hand, but let's be real. Like a lot of people, you would just consume it. You're in a social environment and uh, you might not be able to tell, honestly, if it's yeah. a low enough dose. Yeah. It is interesting, this uh, legal ping pong, but I'm hoping that things are <clears throat> coming to an end because it's it's ridiculous. There are more and more states going decriminal cities going decriminalized. We've got, what, two, two states? But regardless, I just read something that um, apparently Massachusetts or Boston is looking to decriminalize psychedelics as well, plant-based psychedelics. What is it? It's um, decriminalized nature. They're doing so much work, you know? I want to start getting involved with them. Those guys seem to be crushing it. Where they go, you know, so hopefully things are starting to come to an end and we could just lay off because that's the worry, even with some of the stuff I'm into. Is what are they gonna make it? You know, I don't want to worry, you know, what they're gonna make illegal or not. You know, it's a plant, it's in nature. It's like, all right, like maybe I don't know, like a it shouldn't be all that, like a degree of regulation at most with certain things, but you know, it's not like you can't have that, you know, I don't know, but well, it's crazy. It's Patently absurd because it's so incon inconsistent, right? Like, for example, salvia has been legal uh, for a long time, and you could just buy salvia at the gas station by my house. So, like, cannabis was absolutely illegal. Of course, everybody had it. But, like, you could just walk in and buy 120x salvia, yeah. and they wouldn't ID you or anything. So you had kids just packing salvia bowls in the parking lot. I'm like, how was that permissible? And then it's, I see kind of the same loophole with Amanita to be like, straight up, people can eat as much of this as they want. They will sell it to you, whoever's vending. You could eat 12 Amanita chocolates if you want. And there's no way that that is safer than uh, microdosing, yeah. if you will. So, and, yeah. <laughs> and it is, like you said, too, like Amanita, you have to worry about, like, uh, you know, iso ibotanic acid, which is like, you know, something that's not good for your stomach to ingest. There's, you know, whatever controversy about it, but, you know. You know, like compared to psilocybin, you know, what, like your mental health, you got to just worry about, you know, it's, it's not the two combined, you know, so it is backwards, you know, and it, it is frustrating, you know, and, uh, you know, I think as everyone's changing, the consensus is really changing. I think uh, things are really going to start, you know, changing rapidly. You know, I think cannabis was the foot in the door with a lot of these states and, you know, being understanding that, you know, a psychoactive substance is okay, you know, opens the doorway to everything else, hopefully. Yeah, and I'm thankful for Arrowhead because that's where I learned a lot yeah. about the different compounds Absolutely. that I was interested in ingesting. And even recently, I dipped into learning about the research chemical market, which has never really been something that called to me. But just by being sort of in this space, I meet people. And I remember hanging out in New York City at this after party with a Wall Street journalist, Wall Street Journal journalist. And he was telling me about the underground research chemical market. And he was name dropping yeah 
all these really complex chemicals and they're all legal and you know yeah. they're, they're all permissible to buy these although most of them of course are sold on the what one might call the dark web but there's mm -hmm. nothing illegal to my knowledge about a lot of these chemicals which can have profound impacts on your physiology and brain chemistry and as an example of that Sasha Shulgin has left a compound, an archive of 500 different molecules, essentially, that have wow. been unexplored. They're just sitting there wow. as IP. And you know, <gasps> you're talking about a, a mad chemist, essentially, who is one of the only people to try a lot of these compounds. And, like, you know, at some point, those are going to leak. Those are going to leak, and people are going to find out. And I've heard people say, why isn't 2CB legal? Why, why isn't 2CB more popular? Like, it's infinitely better than a lot of what's currently available, wow. infinitely safer, but it's still largely, largely unknown. And uh, and a lot of times, unless you really know a chemist or you have your P's and Q's in order, like you can order some of these things and you don't even really know what you're getting, honestly. You know, if it's if you have to go through this whole clandestine trade where it's underground and it's, yeah, it's just, it's uh, the tide is turning, I think, in the drug war, but still... Uh, it's not over yet, that's for sure. So there's no. still a lot of really ridiculous scheduling and inconsistent drug policy. Absolutely. Um, and it's funny you mentioned about some of these uh, RCs. Uh, actually tried Ali Esquine for the first, uh, not too long ago. Um, and it was just like mescaline. It was a very positive, good experience, you know. So, yeah, some of them can be. But I guess the issue is that they're not as known. So I guess they don't know if, you know, could be. I mean, it's very similar molecules so i guess i don't know i don't know but i'm i'm not opposed to it either you know i, I enjoy you know so totally but. yeah i'm all for cognitive liberty i just would like to know what i'm getting right and i think uh a lot of times like True. that's why i'm slow to warm up to different substances it's like i have pretty established pipelines for the things that i like and i and that's one of the reasons i was always endeared to mushrooms as I knew the people growing them. And after living in San Francisco and getting a couple of very strange substances that weren't exactly what I was trying to buy, then uh, you, you tend to really like the people who sell you what you're looking for. And, you know, you know, just the same as you said, like you kind of figure out what works best for you, what your dose range is. And I hope that everyone can find that sweet spot, whether it's with canna or with kava or with amanita or psilocybin or whatever, that you can find that sweet spot of dose that works for you and you kind of know how it's going to show up in your life. So let's round out the, the dialogue today by talking a little bit more about some of what you have on offer, maybe some of the price points and, okay. and yeah. what you're excited about right now with healing herbals and also the entheogenic emporium. Awesome. Yeah. So like I mentioned, we're doing entheogenic emporium YouTube. I really, something I'm very passionate about. I love taking herbs, reviewing it, I'm feeling it in my head, you know, and I've been doing that for a while just out of like the Arrowwood experiences, you know, I really enjoy that. So first and foremost, the, the YouTube, I love it. We're going to definitely keep making content. We're going to start doing growing and propagating and stuff like that, making extracts, all this. Um, so information and just bringing that all to the public, you know, and then for healing herbals, like I said, we have these drinks that are going to be coming soon. Um, quite excited. We have the Kana's coming probably within the next few weeks, you know, and then, um, new er extracts of kana we're always trying to bring in because they have different properties and you know our nasal sprays and gummies and and vape i would talk about price points on because those are some of the more popular ones we try to keep everything within like 30 40 dollars max you know so we have even shots for ten dollars at the lowest if someone wants to just try a shot you know and see what it's like um and then our gummies are about like 29 dollars um, we try to keep everything like somewhat reasonable and not like over $40 price.
price point and stuff like that. Um, you know, um, but yeah, and then we have kind of tea bags we're going to be trying to come out with too. Um, that'll be fun, just like with your family, just make a tea, you know, or whatever, relax with that. So, and then, and Theogenic Emporium, um, we are always going to be trying to get more herbs on there because me personally, I love trying new herbs and reviewing them. So, there's always going to be new herbs on there. And we're pretty staying pretty steady with our blogs. We're doing like Herb of the Week and different herbal supplement reviews on there as well. So, you know, all good stuff. Um, all excited for everything. And yeah, definitely the YouTube. If you ever get a chance, check me out. I'll be out there doing my random videos. We're trying to get better and better with editing and, you know, all this and that, you know. But you know, start somewhere, you know, so. Right on. Well, thanks for coming on the Mycopreneur podcast today, Rob. So everybody go check them out. Healing Herbals. They got the stamp of approval from me. It's uh, been a wonderful interview. I certainly feel very much in my body right now. And I might round it out with a second spray right quick. Just to Oh, cheers, bro. Do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks again. I, I, I appreciate you coming on. It's been nice to tune in with you a little bit. Oh, well, I appreciate your time, bro. I appreciate you having me on. And it was great, great to have some face-to-face -face time with you, bro. And that is a wrap. Thank you for sticking around to the bitter end. It's very sweet of you to commit so thoroughly. Don't be a stranger. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please consider checking out the substantial backlog while you're at it. You can reach out to me via email, mycopreneur at gmail.com. Or hit me on any of the numerous social platforms that I'm currently active on. At Mycopreneur Podcast is the handle on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you all very much for sticking around. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you back here next week on the Mycopreneur Podcast.